Hello and welcome to the first episode of Totally 80s and 90s Recall. Do you remember playing Atari or listening to a Walkman? Maybe using your dial-up internet to log on for the first time, or perhaps the most famous zip code in the world, 90210. If so, this is the podcast for you. I am one of your hosts, David Ohl, along with my good friend and seasoned veteran of the podcasting world, Rob McCracken. Hello. Uh, so, you're a little nervous, huh? Doing this? <laughs> That's not what we're supposed to no. talk about that. But Go for it. Yeah, why not? I haven't done a podcast before. You have, so. I haven't done them. I have a few. Um, what, do you want, what do you want me to talk about? I don't know. You're just, this is a, you could say hello. People listen. They want to know probably something about you. Or you're saying hello or something. Why are you here? I'm here because you, you asked me to be here. I guess that's it. So I'm holding you hostage. <laughs> yeah. So Something like that. Doing something better today. So. I have nothing better to do today than hanging out with you. All right. Well, for this podcast, uh, since you're so uh, into talking, uh, for this podcast, Rob and I are going to cover and discuss all things 80s and 90s, from music and movies to television, pop culture, uh, just about anything we feel was important to us as children growing up in these two decades. Um, We're going to do this simply by creating lists for each episode of selected topics, hopefully creating some fun and nostalgia along the way for everyone. Uh, for this episode, we are going to be discussing the top songs of 1992. Uh, Rob, what do you remember about music growing up? Well, uh, I would say for me, because just to give you a little context, um, well, let me ask you, how old were you in 92? I would have been between 15 and 16 okay. years old. So I was a sophomore slash junior, depending on what time of the year it was. Okay, so I was 14, 15. Uh, wouldn't turn 15 until August of 92. So I was in my uh, that transition between 8th grade, freshman year, right? Uh, what do I remember about music? Uh, again, transition year. So I was transitioning from v- video right everything i knew was radio and uh radio and mtv so that's what i knew um so a lot of my list is going to be heavy on video what i knew from video so that's um that's kind of what i remember from 92 well my list is the same way because i will fully admit i was a pretty um basic music listener uh from the youngest part of my years Anything that was popular on the radio or MTV or uh, at the music store, at the mall, whatever, uh, that's what I listened to. So I didn't branch out very much. Um, I look back now, and there were many albums in 92 that I didn't find so much later that I was disappointed I wasn't listening to at the time. Well, and in 92, what was the medium you were using? Did you have CDs? So I had some CDs, and I had cassette tapes because we're between those so mm-hmm. i had a walkman and i had a discman and i would go between because i had quite a bit of tapes and i didn't want to have to replace all of them and you were the first person i knew that owned a cd i don't think that well yeah my dad bought that one cd player, yeah but you're the first person i knew that had their actual own cd player because right. we were actually i was there when you brought it home I saved up for it. and i'm pretty sure that the uh, dos effect cd was the first cd oh, that you had that may or not be from that and i never 10. i never heard them until i heard that but <laughs> i didn't want to uh, if you remember too with the cassettes you could get cassette singles at the mall I for have, a long time have, many of my top 10 are because yeah, i have you the could single. get cassette singles and then cds didn't do that so um so i had a lot of cassettes so that's why i was between both of them perfect um what high school what what middle school did you go to uh i went to well i didn't go to middle school i went to what we called junior high oh we did call it That's junior right. high and, and yes where we grew up in oregon did, did we, we call it the, junior did, high did we, we go to the same junior high yeah we went to route oh we did okay so we i didn't know if you went to milwaukee nope when i was supposed to go to milwaukee and then my parents right after sixth grade moved us and then I went to a brand new junior high where I didn't know anybody. So that was fun. But I digress. So before we get into the top 10. Yes. What were your what are your criteria? Well, okay, t- tell me the rules again. Okay. So what were the rules? 
So the rules are that it was a song that had to be released in 92 or re-released in 92. Oh, Because there were songs out in the world that had come out earlier and then came back okay in decades and so you those those are qualify so january 1st of 92 to december correct if the album 30. had dropped earlier okay. but they didn't release a single till 92 that okay. qualifies okay but if it was a song that came out in 91 and it was just sticking around on the charts forever then okay. that doesn't really qualify as 92 and it had to be a song we were listening to a song you were listening to okay. then like something that you remember listening okay. to not uh Something you may listen to now, uh, but something you had then. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Do you want to jump in the, t- the 10? Jump in. So right. let's let's turn back the clock to 1992, where Kevin's parents left him home alone again, and the Dream Team reigned supreme in the Olympics. And take a look at our favorite songs of that year. And Rob, you are going to get us started. And no pressure here, but this is the first song of our first list of our first episode, so it needs to be... A home run. <laughs> okay. I My confidence in my top 10 is not great. Where they fall under the 10, my 10 I feel good about. Where they fall under the 10, I don't know. You're, you're listed. You're going to talk about people making fun. You're going to make fun of my list. All right. Here we go. My number 10. They want effects by DOS effects. Yeah, it's a good song. Released March fifth, nineteen ninety-two. Do you want to know? You want to know something I learned about that song? They named themselves DOS because it stands for Dre and Scoob. Did you know that? I did not know that. Well, now you do. Now I do. And did you also know they continue to record and perform to this day? Well, I mean, a lot of bands do that. Whether or not they still chart and do well, uh, they. most musicians, once they become musicians, that's kind of what they always do. I don't know. I just didn't imagine they'd stay around. But And it peaked at number 25. Number 25. In 92. Yeah. So, again, the only reason I... So, I like that song, but the only reason I ever heard it is because you had that CD. Had it was you, my first CD. Had you not had that CD, I would have never listened to that song. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit that was I the think, first one I ever bought. Although, I did see it on... And there was a lot of good ones. Yeah. And that's the one I bought. I, the first CD uh, my dad bought... Because the first city we got was when he purchased. Well, didn't your dad work like he worked at like a, a store? No, he and we. No, he worked for the city of Portland, but yes. he went to all those stores and he got. But anyway, yes, that's what it was. It was a Genesis CD. It was the one <laughs> with like um, I, can't I can't dance. dance. Yeah, so that was the first. What CD. was that one called? Yes. Um, but anyway, I did catch it a couple times after I heard it in your room on Yo MTV Raps because they started playing it a little bit. Um, but. Everything yeah, if it wasn't for iggity, iggity. If, yeah, everything was iggity. If it wasn't for being in, uh, for you having that CD, I probably wouldn't have been too exposed to DOS effects. So, and so that was my number ten. Number How 10. was that? <clears throat> was that okay? Was so, that an okay start? No, that's a good okay. start. Right. right. So, um, definitely a good start. But uh, a fun fact before I give my number ten, I found in 1992 that was the first year. This means nothing, probably. But CD sales surpassed cassette sales for the first time ever in 1992. Well, so, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, we were, there's still quite a bit of cassettes <laughs> floating around. But like I said, I had a mix of both. So my number 10, and I'm just going to say it. Uh, how do you talk to an angel by the heights? Now, before you criticize and before you laugh, um, I understand that this comes from a band that is not a real band. They were a TV yeah, show. It was a TV show. I know. And I do, so it's the definition of an overproduced uh, pop radio hit. I got it. But guess what? I like it. And um, whether or not anybody else likes it, I'm not worried about it. But to this day, I still like it. I know it's not a great song. I know it's... I do remember you like it. <laughs> it's a, I do like it. And what I see it as, I see it as one of those guilty pleasure songs where when you're with your friends, you'll make fun of it. You'll say, well, that's not a real band. That That's not a good song. But when you're by yourself in the car or... Got your headphones on. You know it. You sing it. And I know this because for two weeks, two weeks in 1992, this was the number one song in the country. Okay? Two consecutive weeks. So that means for those two weeks, everyone in America said, yep, that's the best song we want to hear. So you can criticize it all you want, but the people have spoken, and this is a good song. Well, I, and I will tell you, I have my my 13 plus my... I had like 40 on the cutting room floor, and that wasn't on my list. On none of them. On any. So I can say 
the exact same thing about your first song. So it's right. equal. That's fair. That's fair. Do you want my number nine? That That's generally okay. how this will go. So my, my number nine, I don't think made your list either. Weird Al Yankovic smells like Nirvana, April 3rd, 1992. Yeah, I would not have... <laughs> I would not have saw a weird. Does that feel like a wasted space, a wasted slot? No, I mean he's uh, popular. I, I mean I listened to him, but I wouldn't have thought that would have come in 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 the top ten. But all right, okay. So I have a I have a justification. Okay, so smells like Teen Spirit came out September September tenth, nineteen ninety one. So I I was trying to find a spot on my list. I couldn't do it, but I remember when Smells Like Nirvana came out, and it kind of spurred me to realize that this is a bigger thing than because I wasn't listening to Nirvana yet. So what you're saying they is they were they were too out there for me. So what you're saying is Nirvana uh, was so popular that yes. it made you think Weird Al Yankovic was popular. Yes, right. there was a pop culture thing there when he when he got onto you knew it was a there was a pop culture sh- shift when he got a hold of it. So that's why I put him in my top ten. I guess that's I guess in the and 80s, I remember that in the 80s and 90s that's what made you. Uh, that's when you knew you made it is when Weird Al spoof. Yeah, when he parodied you, you were good. All right. So that's your number nine. That's my number nine. All right. I, again, I wouldn't have thought it was in the top ten, but. Didn't uh, even make your list. Uh, no. Once yes. again, not near the list. So, uh-huh. Well, my number nine is much less controversial than my first one, um, and you shouldn't make the same crazy face that you did, but it is Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So, um, I'll be honest, I wasn't a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan in the early 90s. In fact, the first song off the Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic album, which was their bigger song, uh, Give It Away, I think is what it was. Yeah. Uh, annoying. Not a real song I liked a lot. <laughs> but this one, I remember it. Uh, I remember listening to it quite a bit. It was on the radio. It's a pretty popular song, so probably a lot of people listen to it. But... Um, I remember the video quite a bit. It's in black and white. And Anthony Kiedis was running around the streets of L.A. with no shirt on for whatever reason. But as it turns out, the band in general doesn't wear shirts for concerts or anything. So maybe it just Or tracked. clothes, I think. Yeah, it just some... tracked with normally what they did. But um, I just I remember this was kind of everywhere, it being my room. Uh, I knew it was on the Z100. Remember Z100? I do. Uh, they do a top five at nine every night, and it was on that for a long time. So... I think I even recorded it off the radio so that I could listen to it more often. But uh, yeah, Under the Bridge. Uh, still, And this is a song I still listen to. All these songs oh. that I'm going to give, I listen to today. I have a little stat for that. So if our one of our songs is the same, do we just wait till we get there? or No. Or, but well, I will you, tell you Under the Bridge made my top ten. That's but, fine. Okay. Well, when you reach it, you can acknowledge it. Okay. All right. Number, number eight for me, November Rain. Guns N' Roses, February 1992. Um, yeah, it peaked uh, at the number three that year. And it's the longest song to enter the top ten of the charts. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I put down in my little notes here. Do you ever remember the video? And there was something about, it was his sister? Well, I didn't know about the part about the sister, but. Like the guy's, something. anyway, I just remember that being like Because they got married. So there'd yeah. be an odd message to yeah. send, right? Oh, no, you don't remember that. Okay, anyway. I don't remember the sister part, but I, I remember cruising around with because we didn't, we couldn't have had our license. Well, I had my license. You had yours. I got it that year because I didn't get mine until like my senior year. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Um, but I remember cruising around listening to this. Yeah, this, and I think I particularly remember one time you driving around and you just had it on loop. Oh yeah, and you'd play it again and yeah, you'd okay. play it again, and we it was so annoying, and you were doing it just to be. <laughs> It wasn't anyway. annoying. I love that song. I still yeah. like that song it's a lot. A, it's good. It um that there's that video was insane. It's that video I found note, it cost one point five million dollars, which in ninety two is a crazy amount of money to spend on a music video. But he had like a two hundred piece orchestra. And they even said Axel locked himself into a room for like a week just to make sure it was perfect. Like he was doing that Howard Hughes thing where he like went to the bathroom in jars, all these things. And so he put a lot into that song, so um, that is a that's an excellent pick. That's my number eight. It's a good song. So. Yeah, it, yeah, it's currently the the fourth longest song to enter the Hot 100. Sorry, that's my. Bad. It is a long song, but I don't notice it's long because it's good. Because there's two really good guitar solos in there by uh, Slash, so that song is great. The video is a little weird, but it's a good song. So, well, my number eight 
is going to go into a different genre of music. Uh, and really, it's pretty much a no-brainer. It's like one of the most popular songs of the year. It's Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Um, so this song, look, this is... This is an iconic song. It's still around today. Like, my kids know it. Everybody knows it. It's in movies. It's in TV. The song has never gone away. Uh, it's been six weeks at number one, so that's America saying that they really liked it. But what I love about this song is Sir Mix-a-Lot said to the music producers, here's a song about butts. He wasn't subtle about it. This is what it is. The video wasn't subtle. Nothing was subtle. And he said, this is this is what the song's about. This is what it's going to be. And it was number one for six weeks. All of America said... Let's just sing about butts. But this song was everywhere. I particularly listen, remember listening to it. Um, I had a big Legion tournament for baseball in the summer of 92, and we drove down to Corvallis, I believe, and we listened to it almost the whole way there and back. So uh, lots of baby got back in 1992. Golly. Um, that's your number eight? Baby got back. That is number eight. All right. My number seven is Baby Got Back. Well, there you go. Mart it was released May 7th, 1992. A couple things I found out about it. It was briefly banned by MTV. I didn't I'm, know that. I mean, if you saw the video. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, and it was the second best-selling song in the U.S. in 1992. Behind Into the Road, Boys to Men. But I, I think your word, you said iconic. And I think that's... It is. That, well, I'll be honest. A lot of these songs, particularly the ones... I mean, you've got that one. I can say all these songs... Uh, you might argue the heights, but they're all, if you think about how many songs from the nineties are still in rotation today and still playing, I think that talks to what kind of music we had mm -hmm. in the nineties, because I mean, I hear lots of songs from other genres and d decades, but the nineties tend to push a lot of songs forward that just seem to hang around. I think this would be a good place to talk about when we were the criteria there wasn't a, a criteria about quality no there is no criteria okay. about quality right. because look okay. this top 10 look this if if people listening this may not even be the 10 best songs of the year all right if you look back on it they're probably not they're not the best 10 songs i would say for me i think my 10 are really good and i used to listen to all of them but i can understand um styles and tastes of music changing so look i'm 15 16 years old or 16, yeah, it's 15, 16, I'm going to be listening to certain kinds of music. When I became 20-something, I probably changed a little bit. But mm -hmm. I'm 46, and I still listen to all this on my 90s playlist, and I have no <laughs> problems with it. So um, they're good songs, including The Heights, whether you like it or not. So <laughs> so what's your number seven? So my number seven, uh, again, another mega popular song. Uh, it is Jump by Criss Cross. So this, uh, this video amazed me because these two their uh, gimmick was to wear their clothes backwards um, I don't remember that actually catching on at our school but I'm sure places in America maybe people wore their clothes backwards uh, but what I remember is all their clothes were starter gear and that was a big deal starter jackets starter hats all that stuff so a lot of starter in there too but this was another summer song where listen to it in the car a lot going to and from baseball tournaments things like that and crisscross was it was everywhere this spent eight weeks at number one this was at number one so long that tears in heaven by eric clapton which won a grammy mm -hmm. could not unseat it it got to number two and couldn't climb over crisscross so um and another mega hit that year my loving from in vogue also could not climb over crisscross so America was infatuated with this song for two months. This was the number one song in the country. So uh, obviously it's probably on a lot of top ten lists, but I remember it fondly. It's still a good song today. I don't listen to it as much. Um, it's one of those I hear once in a while and it's okay, but a little too much jump now and then I can <laughs> I can get overloaded. It it was in my top ten. It is it didn't. It made the cutting room floor. But did you also know that it was the third third best selling song in ninety two that year? Just little, yeah. It was a big song. Um, it sold a lot. It sold a lot of albums. Yep. It, like I said, didn't make mine. Uh, number six for me, "Under the Bridge." Red Hot Chili Peppers. There you go. Um, the only thing I can add to that is um, it became one of the fewer than twenty songs in twenty-two that is uh, that is thirty years or older to reach one billion streams on Spotify. So there you go. Yeah, that's a well. It's a good song. So. 
It so stands have, the test of time. As we just talked about, all, all these 90s songs kind of stand the test of time. And I have a little note here that says, the song has become an inspiration to other artists and remains a seminal component of the alternative rock movement of the early and mid-1990s. And I think that is a true quote. So I never thought of Red Hot Chili Peppers as alternative. I just thought they were more like Poison or Def Leppard or something. Where they're just a rock band for the radio and for MTV. But I guess they're classified as alternative. I don't. I never saw them that way because um, they didn't seem as off-brand as the Nirvanas and the Soundgardens and them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's interesting that they get ranked in that category. I don't. I don't really think of them that way, but. Uh, still a great song, so you can't lose with that one. That was your number six? That was my number six. What's so number six? my number six is not even a 90s song. Okay? Uh, oh, it I was know what it re- is. It was reborn in 1992, and that is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, right? So this song, I, I knew nothing about this song. And anybody from the 90s, you already know where this song came from. This came from Wayne's World. Nobody can think about this song and not think about the video where they're singing in the car. Um, yep. They're banging their heads. Um, they're pretending to play air drums. I mean, this that is matched to that movie for life, right? But I had never heard this song, obviously. And when I first heard it, it was a little nonsense sounding. Um, but the more you listen to it, it's an epic, iconic song. And this song charted. It got to number two in 92. It came back in 2018 when they had made the Queen movie. It went back on the charts again. So for the last 40 years, this song always is in airplay it's on a loop this is never going to go away um so i say it's an iconic 90s song it got reborn in the 90s it's from obviously the late 70s but uh this song is so good and what i really loved about it was uh i went back and listened to more queen because previously the only thing i ever heard was we are the champions so i went back and listened to more queen and obviously found that they had a lot of really good stuff and it turned out my dad had a queen record i remember i remember you playing that so he had the record and so i pulled out his record player and listened to the actual record that bohemian rhapsody was on so that was really good um i'm glad it bridged me (laughs) to that but great song and i will never not think about wayne's world every time i listen to this song it that also made my list it comes up later but well we can look at there my number five Nothing but a G That came out in 92? November 19th of 92. And it was selected by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. I agree. I don't really have anything to say about it other than I just remember what was coming out and it was totally different and it was a little edgier than my upbringing and I I I, I'd never heard anything like it. I just thought, oh my gosh. I love that album. The Chronic. That, like, that is the album. And that, yeah. So anyway. So that took me, the chronic is what took me to, and it probably a lot of uh, suburban kids, uh, took mm-hmm. a, took me into listening to more rap. Because before that, if it came on the radio, I listened to it. But real rap, uh, people can argue if Sir Mix-a-Lot and Criss Cross them rap. That's more hip hop, I would mm-hmm. say. But, you know, Dr. Dre was actual rap. And then, yes. Um, now, I had heard some previous NWA, Two mm-hmm. Live Crew. So I'd heard aggressive lyrics and you know things like that in the back but that was the first one where i listened to it front to back and it was just a really good cd yep. i still have it i mean yep. i don't have the cd but i have all those songs uh, mm-hmm. obviously on a playlist it's no, i just awesome. it, i couldn't do the top 10 and not have it in there i think it changed music so uh, yeah my musical tastes i think yeah i don't know no. why i don't have it in there because i don't i thought i didn't i miss i'll have to do i'm gonna I'll, we'll release do in 90 research and see if my you're probably right i i thought i i thought it was a year earlier but that's fine so my number five uh you already covered but it's november rain also okay. uh you're not gonna have a top 10 and not have that uh you grossly undervalued this song because it's so far down your list <laughs> but that's okay um this song yeah, it's it's great. Uh, it's not my favorite Guns N' Roses song. That will always be Sweet mm-hmm. Child of Mine. But um, this is um, a great song. It's long, but it doesn't feel long. And I like, you know, I've, I still today like singing along with it. So I will always have No River Rain rotation. And Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 are great CDs. So if people haven't listened to those, go to Apple or wherever you get your music and pull those up because all the songs on those two albums are really good. What about uh um was it you could be mine? That's on yeah, that's off the Terminator okay. too. Yeah, yeah. But and that, the that's Terminator on too. the illusion album. 
It is. Yeah. And right. don't cry. Yes, that's a good is another one. one. So, um, all right, uh, that was your number five. My number four uh, was "Nothing Else Matters" by Metallica. April twentieth, nineteen ninety-two. That's really good. I, I like that. Um, all I can say, my notes on that one, just that I did not know this, that MTV will not air the video during daytime hours anymore because it, it features nudity in the form of a pinup poster and Playboy centerfolds uh, in the studio or something. I don't know. I just remember when that song came out again, that was kind of like uh, Dr. Dre. I uh, Up to that time, Metallica was hard rock. Like that was, you know. And then Inner Sandman and all that, but that just there's something about that song. I, I had the cassette single. This is one of the ones I had cassette singles for. So number four is uh, for me. Nothing else matters. Metallica. That, that song is really good. Um, I was also late to the Metallica party. Uh, at this point, the only Metallica song I think I had heard was Enter Sandman. So mm-hmm. I was not listening to Metallica. One of those scenarios where now that I go back and look, I don't know what was going on there that I missed on that, but because um, there's so many good songs previously, but um, I did not listen to them then. This was this was a good song. I just saw it as the ballad entry for mm-hmm. the hard rock band because the formula in the late 80s, early 90s for rock bands was you play rock songs, then you throw a ballad in there, and that's kind of the sensitive song that helps everybody <laughs> ease into you as a band, and then you can hear other music. I think something else, too. Uh, when you talk context, being a 14, 15, 60-year-old kid, uh, uh, your parents have some sway on what you're listening to and watching a little bit. And some of the, like, nothing about G-Thang, Inner Sandman, there was some questionable content as a parent. And so they there was some, yeah, I don't know. Well, I had be no, listening to that, and so I had no exposure to Metallica until I saw the Inner Sandman video. I had no exposure to them. When I saw anything about Metallica, it was at school, and people had their concert T-shirts. But I thought of them as a, you know, hard rocker, long-haired yes. band, and that's I didn't listen to that, and it wasn't on the radio because again, I was pretty mm-hmm. basic, so I'm listening to what's on the radio at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was not exposed to Metallica, but after. Uh, 92, a couple years later, I started listening to it more, the Black Album particularly, and that's when I really started getting into Metallica mm-hmm. and pulling up some of their old stuff, which was obviously really good, which we can talk about in later episodes for this podcast. All right, where are we at? We're number f- your number four. My number four. So my number four, uh, again, has to do with jumping. Uh, it is Jump Around by House of Pain. Um, this is another, obviously, all-time song. I like this song. I remember when I heard it the first time, it didn't sound like anything else. It has that bagpipe opening, which to this day, anybody hears that, they know exactly what song it is right off the kick. This song has been around. They played it at uh, sports stadiums still. It gets played in movies. It gets played in everything. This song is everywhere. It will be everywhere forever. It's just, it gets you up. It gets you going. It was in Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, it's everywhere. I remember it from Mrs. Doubtfire quite a bit because of the beginning of that movie, but this is just, again, I hate overusing the word, but it's another iconic song from the 90s that everybody knows. Um, it only peaked at number three, so it couldn't cl- climb all the way to the top, but still a pretty high mark for, for House of Pain. And just a great song from the 90s, and one I listened to a lot when it came out. I listened to it on a loop over and over again. And when you talk about parents, uh, my mom thought it was too loud. She would often <laughs> mention that. So um, I'd have to plug the headphones in, but uh, listen to it quite a bit. Yeah. Didn't make my top 10. It, it's on the cutting room floor though. It it was up there for a while. It got pushed out. Uh, my, what are we? Number three, my number three, I will always love you. Whitney Houston. So we can, we can look at this and go, Is that's this like, also my number three. Hey. So we both have this at number three. Is that kind of like a Bohemian Rhapsody re... Does that fall into that category? I wouldn't it say a it's a recording. It's or not a re-release. I say it's a cover. So covers, but it's still released in 92. It's her own version, so I'd say it's her own song. Okay. It. So I would say it's the best cover of all time, or top two. Best cover of all time. So wow. I have another cover I would say, and I'll talk about it on other episodes, okay. but it's one of the top covers of all time. This, I mean, this song is... It's timeless, right? I mean, I can remember the video. It's off the Bodyguard soundtrack. For anybody who hasn't mm-hmm. seen Bodyguard, if you want to see what a real cheesy 90s movie looks like, go watch the Bodyguard. But 
you know, this, you remember the video, they're showing movie highlights in the video, and then all of a sudden she's sitting in that chair, and then it yeah, opens and, and up the to the forest and the snow yeah. and all the good stuff. So, uh, I mean, Whitney Houston, for me, best singer of my lifetime. Uh, I know Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, all great mm-hmm. voices, but for me, it's Whitney Houston. And this song is just a great song. Uh, it Great cover, and yeah, it's my number three also. Yeah, I I don't think it could have not been in when I was researching it. It was It's on umpteen all-time lists um it's number eight all-time selling single of all time um yeah uh it's got uh what did i just read something about oh youtube it was in 2020 it was the first uh song to reach one billion uh views on youtube it's the first music video of the 20th century 14 weeks at number one 14 so songs don't do that anymore obviously but 14 that's three and a half months the same song is number one every week. And I mean, that's... And it carried over into 93. Into 93. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. But that's a crazy amount of time for you to sit at number one. Nothing better came out that whole time, apparently. So, All right. Uh, so we we got this. We're the same on number three. Uh, number two, uh, End of the Road, Boys to Men, June 30th, 1992. Number two. I had to put on my number two. All right. You'll be even more disappointed at some of the ones that didn't make my top ten. I'm sure, but no, bad. Um, no, I had to put up there. It was uh, it was the number one single of '92 on the Billboard Year End. I and I remember that was. I remember you bringing me a recorded. You'd recorded them off the radio. Yeah, you uh, needed to listen to it. <laughs> and then I like it, so I, I listened to them. I, I don't. I don't you know what else boys. to say about it. I you did. love Boys to Men now. I did. I, then. No, I yeah, I didn't. Not now. But <laughs> not now. I, I still well, like they, they won the the Grammy that year. They uh, are in '93. Um, yeah, it's it's ranked uh, as the sixth most successful song of the decade, '90 90 to '99. Um, I had to put on. It was uh, a record breaking uh, later that year by Whitney Houston. So they held the spot, and then Whitney Houston bumped them out. So I had, they well, they were a very seminal song for me in '92. So you say that you say they held the spot. Because they did hold number one for 13 weeks, Boys to Men. Yeah. And then she held it for 14 weeks. There was a two-week window in there between those two songs. Is this going to be your number two? someone else was number one. No, that was a previously mentioned song at number 10, which was by The Heights. How do you talk to an angel? How do you talk to an angel? Unseated, end of the road for number one for two weeks. And then, so they bridged between Boys to Men and Whitney Houston, which goes again to tell you what a great song that is. All right, I'll give that to you. Well, my number two is one of my favorite all-time songs off of one of my top three all-time albums. It is Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Okay. So this, uh, in 91, 92, I started getting into the Seattle sound stuff. I got the Nevermind Tape. I listened to it all the time. I was always listening to it. And then 10 came out, and 10 was amazing. And this video, I remember this video because it was a pretty jarring video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very now, dark, very dark. It's very dark because uh, obviously a kid pulls out a gun at school. Now, in 92, there was no Columbine yet. I'm not saying there weren't school shootings, but Mm-mm. we didn't think about guns at school. None of that was a thing. And so to watch a video where this happens was a little crazy. Um, but to me, this is one of the best songs of the 90s. Um, I say that, but also say that it's not my favorite song off 10. That would be Black. But um, ten, uh, Jeremy is still right up there, um, top 10 songs of the 90s for me, as far as what I really liked. So love this song. Listen to it today. Can't go wrong with uh, Eddie Vedder. So, so um, we're down to number one, my number one. Well, before... We reveal our number ones. All right. Uh, we're going to do a fun little segment I like to call the cut line. So finding 10 songs from 92 that we thought were the best 10 songs is very difficult. Uh, I found that out real quick. I left a lot of songs out that I would have loved to have put into this list, but I just couldn't fit them into the 10 uh, from what criteria I was using. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to identify your top two songs that didn't make your list. Didn't. And then we're also going to identify what we call an honorable mention. Now, this is a song that came out in 92, but you didn't listen to, and maybe you didn't find till later, that had you been listening to it in 92, it would have easily been in your top 10. 
no questions asked. But maybe you didn't find it till a year or two, five years later, uh, for whatever reason. You just didn't hear it the first time around. So, uh, so I'm going to throw it over to you, and you can give me your first two cuts and then your honorable mention. All right. Uh, okay. So my, you want me to give you both my cuts first? Yes. All right. Here we good. go. My just missed uh, cut. My first one was Bohemian Rhapsody. Was released originally seventy five. What you think it should be? Near t- you 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 think that's not a just missed? Well, that should have been top ten. All right, but that's fine. It's your top ten. I, I couldn't. Well, yeah. One might argue that Weird Al's spot. Yeah, that doesn't that even make sense. <laughs> that that went over that song. You at all. have the heights. We can. We've already discussed the validity of that song. You have that the song heights. is all a right. number one song. The Heights. All right. Fine. All right. Uh, my other one is In Bloom by Nirvana, November 30th, 1992. I don't have any Nirvana in my top 10. I should, but that was the first Nirvana song that I heard that I just was like, this is really cool. I, but it didn't make my top You hadn't heard Smells Like Teen Spirit. I, I wasn't listening impossible. to it. It didn't meet my criteria. I wasn't listening to it yet. In 91, Smells Like Teen Spirit was everywhere. I, I, but I, it was, I, didn't, I wasn't into it. I mean, I got well, that, it wasn't, but I know. I, uh, so I, I didn't think yeah. it meant the criteria. So In Bloom is a great song. Again, in no world should Weird Al Yankovic have bumped <laughs> them anywhere, but that's fine. Um, now, do you, now, do you want my, uh, my honorable mention, or do you want to do your... Well, I'll do my cuts, okay, and then we can do the honorable mention. Okay. So my cuts, um, two really good songs, and The Heights... The Heights was off the list for a second for one of these. But the first one is Tennessee by Arrested Development. So this was a... I really like this song. It sounded different than a lot of the other songs I'd listened to on the radio. Uh, I remember the video because there was a lady in it yelling about playing horseshoes. Yeah, it was weird. um, So it was a little odd, but uh, had a social message that I'm going to easily say I did not understand or wasn't paying attention to at the time. I just thought the song sounded cool. It's relevant today, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. But um, just a cool song. The second song, Mr. Wendell, didn't like as much, but Tennessee was definitely really good. Mm. Um, and I listened to the album, but it wasn't altogether great. Mm. But Tennessee, always still a good song. And my second song, the one that had the heights off the list for a little while, and then I just kept flip-flopping, but it's Everything About You by Ugly Kid Joe. Um, if you remember this song, they were kind of on a beach. Ugly Kid Joe didn't even make... I have like... 50 songs listed here that look this song no. is a good song it is it's funny i like it because it's okay. funny uh i like it because it kind of reminded me a little of the late 80s rock type music but with a little 90s flair to it so ugly kid joe this is a good song if you haven't heard it in a long time go listen to it it's fun it's just a good song i listened to it quite a bit when it came out and uh, I liked it, and then Golly. can't convince me otherwise. Didn't even, didn't even, yeah. March nineteenth, ninety two. Yeah, but you are a person that put Weird Al Yankovic ahead <laughs> of Nirvana and Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> so just because it didn't make it in your list doesn't mean it's not relevant. Oh my gosh! Everything. All right. So what okay. is your uh, uh, honorable mention? What was your What was your other cut? So my cuts, again, were Tennessee, Arrested oh, Development, yeah, 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 yeah. and Everything About You, Ugly Kid Joe. Okay. Uh, good. All right. Uh, you want my honorable mention? So uh, I did The Sky is Crying by Stevie Ray Vaughan. So I'm I, going to right now go on record. Right I have never heard that song. <laughs> and I wouldn't have even thought he was putting out songs no, in 1992. He didn't because he died in 90. And songs that teenagers were listening to. <laughs> Yeah, he died in a, car cra- or, uh, a plane crash in 1990. No, so this was released posthumously. Uh, but had I have, uh, I found this later in life in college. I started listening to blues, and this was the one that got me started. And so, had I been listening to this at the time, I probably would have. But this changed how I listened to music. So that's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, that's good. Honorable mention, definitely. Well, my honorable mention is so it is Wood by Allison Chains. Oh. This song. I'm shocked is, that not, that wasn't in your top 10. So it's not my top 10 because I literally didn't even listen to it. See, that's why I didn't. I can tell you right now, I did not hear this song the first time until 1995. Uh, how I Missed the Entire Dirt album doesn't make a lot of sense I to me, know. but I never listened to it. This, in my opinion, would be in my top four to f- five songs of the entire 90s. 
this is my favorite Alice in Chains song. This song is amazing, um, and I'm glad I found it when I did, but I definitely did not find it the first time. I, I did not listen to this song in high school. I don't know what happened. Uh, it's kind of like the Metallica thing. I just missed it, which is weird because I was listening to Pearl Jam. I was listening to Soundgarden. I was listening to Nirvana, and how Alice in Chains slipped through the cracks is shocking to me, but I definitely was not listening to this song, and I'm sad I missed those three years, but I'm glad that I know it now. So, God, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it's on my cutting room, but I couldn't put up that because I didn't. It was out of my realm of I didn't know. You've heard that song, right? Oh, yes. And you cut it for a Weird Al Yankovic song, but I wasn't listening. It wasn't in my world. It should have been. It should have been in my cut. Well, I don't know. Something. I don't. I'm anyway. surprised you hadn't listened to it because you. The first time I saw anything with Allison Chains, I saw Man in the Box at your house. Yeah, that was the, on the that, video. That was that the one with the yeah with the guy with the shut. eyes showed shut. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing was, Again, you my parents said, really yeah, but that. you said you told me how much you liked that, so I kind of assumed you were into because you beat me to Rage Against the Machine too. Uh, you, I remember you telling me how good that was. I never listened to it till like four years later, and then I was like, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's uh, that's your. Well, what about you? Haven't done your honorable mention. That was my honorable you, mention. You, was you Wood have. from Allison Chains. Oh, those are good. Mm. Those so, are really good. So that no. gets us to our number one. So, we've oh yeah, we got to go back. Gone through this yep. whole list, and yep. everyone is now waiting to hear. Ooh. Since you had Weird Al Yankovic ahead <laughs> of all these people, Baited breath. who in the world could you have at number one? I have the heights, but I'm just kidding. I don't have that. I mean, um, your list would be better if they did, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, number one. Is Jeremy Program, August 17th, 1992. I, that was that song video uh, changed how I listen. That I, I actually, my first CD was DOS Effects, second CD was Pearl Jam 10. I went, I went back and got it. So, of course. Well, you are a Pearl Jam junkie for life, so you've yeah, gotten everything fan. they've done. Huge fan. Yeah. So, yeah, they're my number one. I don't have any. I found one quote. It said, uh, Jeremy is where Pearl Jam mania galvanized and propelled the band past the Seattle sound and into rock royalty. And I think this that, that's true. This yeah. song. I heard a thing. Uh, so, Eddie Vedder, of course, he was not from Seattle. The uh, Most of the rest like of Pearl California Jam was. Kid. But he was from California. He heard um, the music for Jeremy Black once, just the music. He got sent in a tape from Pearl Jam, the music, and he went surfing. And while surfing, he literally wrote the lyrics to all of those songs and then mailed it back to them. And then they invited him up to Seattle for a tryout. So that's how he got his tryout. But he wrote those lyrics while he was out surfing. So Jeremy once Black, um, and there was another one, I think it was maybe Ocean, something like that. But mm-hmm. he wrote all of those. So, I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with this song. The fact that it only got to number five on the Billboard is... A little criminal, but uh, hip hop and pop music kind of reigned supreme in '92, so it's hard to have that um, edgy of a rock sound early in '92 make it up. Now, well, early later in the decade, that would have gone up real quick. But I found a note that said it did not originally chart on the regular Billboard 100, and it was uh, re-released in '95, and then that's when it kind of took on another yeah. another life. So, anyway, so Jeremy's my number one. Well, the fact that it didn't chart. But that video was on a loop all day on MTV. It's interesting. So I'm, I'm interested that it didn't get to. So basically, we flip flopped because our number, my number two was Jeremy, and your number two is End of the Road. My number one is End of the Road no. from Boys to Men. So for me, uh, having this in number two is crazy. But for me, this is a a perfect song. This song to this day, it's got some of the best harmonies in it. Uh, it takes me right back to high school. Like I immediately think about where I was, what I was doing. That's every um, middle school dance. It was on the Boomerang soundtrack, which is a fantastic movie. Um, this song, I watch things on YouTube today where people watch this song for the first time and cry and love it. This song is timeless, like many of the other ones we've talked about. 13 weeks at number one. Again, only unseated by The Heights. Um, but this song, I can listen to it anytime, anywhere. doesn't matter. This is the best song. If I do a top 90 song, this is going to be in the top two. There's only one song that would be above that. Um, the Heights? No. Oh, okay. It'd probably be right behind it, but um, that'd be Smells Like Teen Spirit, obviously. So, But uh, End of the Road would be right there at number two. 
And if I did an all-time list of songs, it's in the top five easily because this is a, to, again, this is a, to me, perfect song. I can listen to it anytime, no matter what. Why did Nirvana not make it in your top 10? You have no Nirvana? You, you were a big fan of them. So, yeah, they, to me, I got that album in 91. Now, I know a couple songs released in 92, oh, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I had already been listening to that tape on a loop for yes, a year. You were the first person yeah, that I, I knew to have that one. At the bus stop, in my car, uh, you name it. I had that thing in my headphones 24-7, um, and I had read all the lyrics, so I memorized all the lyrics. I mean, I loved that tape. Uh, I love that album. And so, but it's a 91 album to me. Oh, okay. I would not. No, that's fair. I know that's some fair. of the singles came out in 92, but I had already listened to all those. These songs were fresh to me in 92, so that's why I picked them to say, hey, in 92, this is what I was listening to. I was still also listening to Nirvana, but it's a 91 band uh, for me, at least a Nevermind album. That's fair. That's fair. So that that's our that's our 10. That's that our, is. That's our, and except for the Weird Al segment, I think. Oh, you got the you got the heights. I think overall that is a good list of songs <laughs> that you could listen to, and you get a lot of different. You don't think Weird Al would make any types of music. top ten in in his in, in the so, pop culture? Okay, of songs you listened to <laughs> in the nineties in ninety two, give me okay. You gave me two <laughs> that didn't make the list, right? It was Bohemian Rhapsody uh-huh. and. What was the other one? Oh, uh, my my cut. Yeah, in bloom. In bloom. So those two didn't make it. So and I only me, did, and I only didn't put them in there because I like you. To me, that was a ninety one ish, and so I wasn't. Me, I wasn't. Give me three other ninety two songs that didn't make it that Weird Al was able to climb over and and land on the top ten. Oh, I've got a whole list here. Yeah, just give me three. Uh, well, Creep. That's awful, right? How uh, have you heard Creep? Or did you just write that down? No, it's it. Because it's, it's on my because I that I, song I is, struggled with putting it in there. That song Creep. is sensational. So um, I was going to put that song in, but it falls in the same category as Allison Chains. Come as you are was March of ninety two. Once again, uh, Lithium was yep. July of ninety two. Yep. Um, uh, a wood was in there. Oh, uh, one that didn't come on our list. Uh, because I didn't start listening to it later was uh, Rage Against the Machine. That was November of ninety two. Killing in the name of. So again, um, Weird Al climbed over all these songs. When you sat down and put these ten together, you said that is a that okay. is ten songs better. But than Ugly these Kid songs. Joe is a good song, and Ugly better Kid than jo- those? better than Weird Al. All right, and then REM was in there, Man on the Moon. But I will give you, uh, I will give you that gosh, the criteria. Oh, snow, yeah. I will give almost you, made my it, it almost. almost made mine too. <laughs> I will give you that the criteria was it's what you were listening to. So all right, when you look back on it now, Weird Al seems a little criminal. But maybe when you were okay. fifteen years old, fourteen, fifteen, that's that's Weird Al's demographic, yeah. right? Or you're just getting out of it. Probably more twelve to thirteen. Right now, Van Halen, February '92. Yeah, I didn't like that song. You didn't like that song? Well, I don't like the. Sammy Hagar switch. You were not Sammy. Oh, okay. And that video was kind of cheesy. They had all like well, yeah, the, the, the guy making the sandwich and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they had like signs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was all words. Like yeah. Yeah. They were trying to be, I think, edgy or send some important message that uh, I just turned it off. That's true. So. Uh, let's see what else. Free Your Mind. Yeah. I mean. Even Flow, Pearl Jam. That should have been So we can we can literally list 100 other songs that are better than Weird Al. Uh, but again, I'll give you 14-year-old Rob listening to Weird Al and thinking, that was going to be the end of the day. Um, oh, you want to know? There's a sleeper. Rump shaker. Rump shaker was Rex good. and effects. August twenty uh, fifth, nineteen ninety two. I wouldn't put that as a top ten song, but it's a good, like, memorable song. What about? Oh, would I lie to you, Charles and Eddie? That's a good one. I have that on a playlist. That's yeah, a good song. See, I figured you would. It's, that was one. That was a summer. Like that was on every. That I toyed with putting that up there somewhere, but I couldn't do it because Weird Al had to be there. I, he he won out. That's become the theme of our show now. So I would be interested if if, <laughs> if when people listen to this, uh-huh. their answer is, who had the worst choice, The Heights or Weird Al? I'm going to guess oh. Weird Al's going to lose that battle. Okay. Well, uh, who has a biopic movie? Anybody from The Heights? No. Weird Al does. So there you go. Yeah, but the guy who was the lead singer was in 90210, so that's pretty good. Man, nobody listened. Nobody, nobody watched that never show? Heard that, never I mean, heard of that show. You go look it up. I think a couple <laughs> people watched it. I never heard of it. All right. All right. So that was the cut line. So Those that was our top 10. That was our top 10. We, we covered them all. We probably addressed the Weird Al controversy too long, but that's fine. Um, 
plenty of other songs as you listed got left out that could have easily been on here. Um, so that brings us to the end of this first episode. Um, we hope you enjoyed reliving the songs in 92. I did. I, I love music. So going over it and talking about it is always a fun time. Uh, if we got something right or wrong, let us know. Uh, or did we miss something altogether? As Rob was pointing out, looks like we missed several really good songs. And and also, if you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and give us a thumbs up. That'll help the show grow. Uh, also, share this episode with your friends. Anyone you know would be interested in some 80s and 90s nostalgia. And we'll be available on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that I think that's a good way to end it. I don't think we need a fancy ending. No fancy ending. No. So, uh, well, well, what's the homework? What's homework for next time? So homework what for next thinking? time. So next show, next episode, um, our plan is to do our top 10 sitcoms from the 1980s. What's the criteria? Criteria is 30-minute sitcom. 30-minute sitcom. Live, no cartoons. Live, no cartoons. Um, you had something about laugh track. With or without? Oh, it can have that. Lots okay. of lots of shows in the 80s had a laugh track, or they had a studio okay. audience. It's either or. But basically, you're looking at 30-minute comedies. So, 80s. 80s. 80 to 89. So, the decade. 80. The decade. Oh, okay. All right. So, you can, yeah, you can go through that decade and find your top 10 sitcoms from that. So, that'll be what we will talk about on our next episode. Okay. I like it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Talk to you later. Later.